Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country who are getting excited because OTAs have begun. That's right, boys and girls. The first sign of the new season this weekend, organized training activities. Look, you got to get excited about something this time of year if you're not a basketball fan or you're not a baseball fan or you're not a golf fan. Because if you're none of those things, you're probably only a football fan. And let's face it, uh, I'd say probably half of the people, judging by the ratings, half of the people that listen to this show, they love football and there isn't much else on the planet besides football. When it's not football season, I don't know, is it family time? What is it? I know what this is. It's Datitude, episode number 74, for a Friday, May the 27th, 2022, our last show in the month of May. Holy smokes, we're moving along quickly. A couple more weeks, vacation time coming up. Looking forward to that. But before we do that, we have uh, some Saints talk coming up for you. We've got the U.S. Open next month. We'll have a big special on that like we had for the PGA Championship. We've got the NBA Finals starting in about a week. We've got to finish these conference championships. We've got regular season baseball is starting to inch towards the halfway mark of the season. We've got another month or so before the midway point of the baseball season. It's like a regular sports world. It's feeling pretty good around here. And if uh, for those of you regular listeners and you listen to our intro today uh, and every other day for the past 74 episodes, um, the voice of that intro in case you've been saying, I recognize that voice, but I don't know who it is. Well, today you're going to know. That voice is Philip H. Anselmo, who is the former lead singer of Pantera, the current lead singer for Down and Philip H. Anselmo and the Illegals, and who just happens to be my brother-in-law. He's coming on the show today. He is a huge Saints fan, but more than just a Saints fan. I mean, because we really, I mean, when we talk about this show, it's geared towards fans. So why not have... One of the number one fans out there. I mean, wherever he goes, whether he's in Europe, whether he's touring the States, whether he's just at home, at his home in the North Shore, he's everything Saints. He loves the Saints first, boxing second. We're going to talk a little bit about boxing at the end of the show, but it's mostly about his take on the Saints. And look, he he has a relationship with Mickey Loomis and knows a lot of the Saints and is uh, asked to come over there once a year. Once or twice a year, he goes over to camp. Um, and so he's involved in a lot of things going on in the Saints, and I'm interested to hear his take. And he's going to come on the show and let us know in just a moment. Um, and I'm going to give you my take. But before we get any further in the show, um, you know, I, I never talk politics on the show, and I'm not going to talk politics today. But um, I am going to say uh, you, you can't have any kind of show. You can't have any kind of um, social reaction to anything whether it doesn't matter that this is a sports show i think it has to be mentioned today that my that 
our hearts go out to the people of Uvalde, Texas. And, um, you know, all I've been thinking about the last two days is what if, what if that was my child in that school, whether uh, my child would have been one of the victims or, or just in there when all that was going on. I can't imagine. can't imagine what those parents are going through. And uh, my heart breaks for them. It's all I've thought about for two days. And so I can't, I wouldn't be able to go any further in the show without saying that and um, saying how much we care. And um, thoughts and prayers go out to all the people in Uvalde, Texas, not just the parents, not just the children, because I'm sure the entire community of 15 or 16,000 is completely shaken and broken. And uh, no matter what you think politically, I'm sure we can all agree on that, that... uh, that we send them prayers, and if you don't pray, we can at least send them our love. And uh, couldn't go any further without saying that. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Saints before we bring Phil in. And um, an alert that uh, or a notice that I saw: um, two two names that popped up on the radar right off the bat: Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas. Now, Jameis Winston already at practice. That's an excellent sign. I don't think anyone. Uh, thinks that Jameis won't be ready for opening day. Um, I would be surprised if he plays a whole bunch in the preseason. Now, you're kind of in a catch-22 because the fact that he only played seven games last year, really six and a half, um, says that he needs to play some in the preseason. But will he? That's going to be a, um, a thin line for Dennis Allen to walk in the preseason because he needs to get reps he needs to get on the same page with Pete Carmichael even more so than he was when he looked like he was feeling comfortable it's a new offense he's got a whole really different set of receiving core than he was used to and 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 had last year you don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram's getting long in the tooth we got a lot of young uh, running backs that are coming in trying to win jobs we got an offensive line that's going to be semi-new, a new left tackle, a rookie left tackle, bunch of backups fighting for spots, trying to get depth there, not worried about the defense. And how long has it been, I mean, really, since you said you're going to training camp? I'm not worried about the defense at all. This defense is going to be phenomenal, and uh, looking forward to it. But already at OTAs, the fact that uh, Jameis Winston is out there practicing is an excellent sign. Michael Thomas... Not out there practicing, but the word is he's getting closer and closer to being ready. Both of those names are names that we're going to talk extensively with with Phil in just a moment here on Datitude. Um, by the way, I didn't none of her introduce myself. And if you're new to this podcast, you don't know who I am. In fact, if you're not new to this podcast, you might not know who I am. But I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picune, the advocate and bet.nola.com. And you know, this. I know the dog days of summer are really July and August, but to me, they're kind of now. You know, it, it's, it's, it's such a weird time in sports because you're looking ahead, but you don't want the days to go by too, too fast. So you're still clinging. You're clinging, knowing it's coming, trying to enjoy what you have now. You got LSU playing in the SEC baseball tournament. Uh, and... You have some golf going on. Like I said, NBA Conference Championships 
Oh man, let's get it on. Let's let's get moving because that's that's what's going to happen here real soon. It's going to the calendar. You know, once we get to August, it moves quickly, and that's where we are. Speaking of moving quickly, we're going to get right to it. Philip H. Anselmo, huge Saints fan, knows more than your average fan. I will tell you that, and we're going to get his thoughts right now in Datitude. Welcoming into the Datitude podcast on a Friday morning. The voice of the intro to the Datitude podcast, Philip Anselmo, who is, what's happening? And look, I just wanted to throw a disclaimer out there. I didn't get some big coup because I got uh, a rock star on my show. Uh, Mr. Anselmo happens to be my brother-in-law. And so uh, he's family. He's family. And you are family here on the Datitude podcast. What's happening, my brother? Hey, man, talking to you about one of my favorite subjects, the New Orleans football saints. Well, I know that, uh, you know, you and I, whenever we get together, that's pretty much uh, our main topic and what we talk about. And, uh, you know, I I find it interesting, and I wanted to get your take because we haven't talked in in probably a couple months. And I want to get your take on there's so much, so many interesting predictions. I know you're probably, you're not in the betting world. So you might not have seen this, but the predicted win totals on the Saints uh, right now at most of the sports books are either eight or eight and a half, which means that most of the experts and the predicted odds makers think that the Saints are going to have a losing record. And I just don't see it. I think with all the things that they've done, what, what do you see? Like I said, uh, when we first started talking, it, a lot of it, a lot of it to me looks good on paper. I think... There is still some quarterback issues. I mean, if Jameis comes back healthy, we can just hope that he stays that way. None of us have seen Andy Dalton in his backup role yet or anything like that. I think there's some concern. And just let me deal, go down this list here because I think running back is a concern. For sure. If Mark, if Mark sits out with, like we all know, he might. Um you know, I'm marking, I'm supporting me. If, it's Alvin Kamara. If Kamara sits out, we have Mark Ingram after him. I mean, is he the same running back? I'm not sure, uh, especially for multiple games. And then a bunch of names after that. Dwayne Washington, Tony Jones, we signed Divine Ozigbo and, and a bunch of youngsters. So that has to pan out. And I also worried about tight end, not worried, but Tight end is a little bit of a mess. Uh, I mean, does T- is Taysom going to step in? Does Troutman step up? Does Juwan Johnson and Nick Vanep step up? Could both of those guys flash some talent last year? Wide receiver. Is Mike Thomas coming back? I just read where he's still hurt. And I also read somewhere that his type injury is really, really, really bad. And to come back from it 100% is probably not realistic. But either way... Uh, I like what we did at wide receiver with uh, Olave in the first round and Jarvis Landry at free agency. I still see them needing to work that out because underneath those guys, you got Callaway, Deontay Hardy, Trey Quan Smith, and we all know the rest of the names underneath that. It's like, who's going to pan out? Have you seen, speaking of just a real quick sidebar, have you seen uh, this Rashid Shahid's uh, Highlight reel from no, college. I have not. This wide receiver, uh, Rashid Shaheed, is 5'10, number 38 right now. 
His highlight reel in college is pretty outstanding as a return guy. He's pretty wild, man. Very fast. A lot like it reminds me of Deontay Hardy, but just, uh, I don't know. He's, he's awesome. So I don't know what they're going to do with him. Well, well, every, every year, every year, Phil, we, we get a, we get a guy every year that comes kind of out of nowhere. kind of like, you know, you talk about Deontay Hardy, who was Deontay Harris before, but you talk about him. Exactly. He, he came out of nowhere. And so maybe that's this year's guy. And look, let me just finish what I was saying with this. I love the moves that we made at safety, but I don't know who starts where. I mean, we lost both of our starting safety. So we got Teran Matthew. We got CJ Gardner Johnson. We got JT Gray. And here's one signing I do like. It's especially if it pans out. Two guys I like. Uh, Marcus May, if he's if he's helping. Yeah. And a little known Justin Evans, man. I think he was a starter somewhere Tampa else Bay. in the NFC. Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah, so some of them guys pan out. That's more power to us. I just think we need to sort out who's going to play where. Now, before we get a little bit more into the Saints, tell us how. Now, people that follow you, they know you're a Saints fan. You you wrote songs about the Saints. It's the, the song that we lead our our show off with, Here Come the Saints. Um how do you follow them when, and I know you're probably not as, not as busy. Now you're always busy, but you're probably not as busy this year as maybe in years past and the pandemic has changed things, but how do you follow your favorite sports team when you're working on the road so much? This invention called the internet and I'll do anything. I'll go call the little websites. I'll, uh, I'll go to NFL.com if I have to. And, uh, I, man, I'm not proud to admit this, but I'm thinking, you know, at 10 years ago or something like that, there was a Saints game while we were in mid-transit that I think someone got an illegal stream for. And we were <laughs> – it was dying every five minutes. We're like, no, you know, so anything. <laughs> Anything to watch the Saints, man. Is that how uh, the name Philip H. Chansomo and the Illegals came about from the illegal stream? No, I'm just kidding. Just go. go. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Um, but you've been following them. I mean, it's 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 your passion outside of music, obviously, is the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, it's, when you're on the road, is it hard to find them sometimes? I mean, I know there are times when – you're you're trying to make your schedule around making sure you don't miss a game. Yeah, well, there was one time uh, there was a South American tour, and the Saints were very much in the playoffs, and we were going to be over there for a couple of weeks. So we'd be over there for the division game, and then the NFC Championship. Well, no, I'd be over there for the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Stage sure there was a day off for the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, we had a big thing, like a downstairs restaurant, all up, ready to go. But we didn't make the big game, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I think that was the uh, – that was the – 
the year the Rams fouled us out. Oh, of the, the no call, the no call. Game. No call. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if you still so, like me, but I'm still bitter over that. I, I, I'm bitter over it all. I'm still bitter over Russell Erksleben and getting the oh, snap man. put over his head in the Superdome in overtime. I was there with my mom. Saints Falcons. Oh, man, God. we were like uh, we were like ten years old back then. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah, about 10. Yes, yeah, I think that was the start of the 78 or the 79 season. I can't remember. Um, it just, you know, what is it? Do other musicians that you, you hang out with or people that are in your band, do they, they follow football teams like, like you do? Or are there a lot of Saints fans involved? Or are they from all over the mix? What, what's it like in the music world? Oh, man, there's NFL fans all over the place. All over, uh, obviously, America and with American bands, you know, they all have their team and stuff like that. But even fans in Europe who love um, NFL football, but Saints fans everywhere, too. We toured with Slayer uh, in 2019, into 2019, and um, one of their main road guys, uh, one of their main road manager guys, Big Saints fan, big Saints fan. You know, so you never know, man. But I'll be walking through airports and stuff and have a Saints shirt on. People will stop and go, hey, who that and all stuff. So Saints fans everywhere. I can't believe I never asked you this question before, but I've been with your sister for a lot longer than the Saints have been good. Um, But the Saints, where were you when the Saints won the Super Bowl? Right here at the house, man. Oh, you were right home here for at that. the house. Oh, yes. I had to be, man. I had to be home for that. What a year. What a game. I was so into that game that as the seconds were dwindling off the clock, I wasn't even looking at the clock. I was like, how much longer is this game? <laughs> Everybody's like, it's finished. I'm like, what? So I'm, yeah. I'm, assu- I'm assuming Tracy Porter is welcome at your house anytime he wants to come over. Anytime. <laughs> all right, line, for one, not all of them. I want to get your take on, on a couple of things. I know you spent you spent time. Uh, you go to Saints camp at least once a year. Uh, you know Mickey. Uh, you knew a lot of the players over there. You, you know you you spent some time over there. What is your sense of you know, now that this team, Drew is now a year removed, gone. First year without Sean Payton. What is your take on um, the chemistry that it's going to take to to win this? And are they going to be able to get past not having Sean Payton? And how tough is that going to be for them? Well, I think we have Pete Carmichael there, who has worked so yeah. quite uh, closely with Sean. He's a great play caller. He's a good, great game designer. And I think he gets the best out of his players. I think we should see a continuation of that. I think Dennis Allen is a gambler too, man. You know, Sean yeah. Payton is a, always a gambler, but I, I think Dennis, remember Dennis has been working with Sean a long time too. So I'm sure a lot of the things, the shrewd things that Sean Payton would do have probably rubbed off on him. Or he's taken the ones, the moments that he's enjoyed the most or been the most successful and adapted them 
and weeded things out in his own way. So, you know, uh, I, I still far from me, you know, all we can see are the offseason moves and acquisitions and the draft and stuff like that. I, I got to say, man, uh, this is a very good offseason for the Saints, man. You know, I, I, I think all of our acquisitions, for the most part, are solid. And um, our decision, you know, within the salary cap and all of what we have in front of us have been awesome. You know, they really have. So I'm so optimistic about it. I just, I am a little concerned about what I mentioned earlier, tight ends, wide receivers, that type of cohesion, running backs. I think with the receivers on the field this year, Jameis will be able to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Yeah. I think we'll see some separation. I think uh, Olave will make people accountable where that'll open it up for Landry. I think the Jarvis will make people accountable so that'll open it up for Callaway or someone like that. I think it's going to open things up or even open it up for uh, our myriad, one of our myriad of tight ends. So we got weapons. And then there's Kamara when he comes back. You know, he's going to be another weapon. So. You know, like I say, I'm very optimistic. Now, you mentioned, you know, us having a losing season. Look, and odds and gambling and all that stuff and and people thinking that we're going to have a losing season. Uh, I think they took and they take exactly what you say about not having coach anymore and all the different changes, no Drew Brees, that type stuff. And they're hanging over our heads, and rightfully so. A lot of teams probably couldn't rebound from that, and plus losing defensive leaders like Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, stuff like that. Uh, But like I say, the moves that we have made either replace those players or to just improve the team, I, I can't argue with them, man. So... With every negative, it's kind of being brought way back to balance with every move that we make. So, hey, this is a tough team for me to be down about. You know, they've got, on paper, they have got every piece to the damn puzzle, maybe maybe minus Quan Alexander. Because yeah. I think if since he hadn't signed with somebody, I think there's a good chance he's waiting. We're waiting. And I hope we do pick him up. I think it's ridiculous. We don't. I agree. We need him. I agree. Him and DeMar. That's a great tandem. Nothing against Pete Warner, but uh, to to be able to get Quan Alexander back would be a huge get for this this defense that I think, personally, could be the best defense in the NFC. Amen. And that's on paper, once again, if the safeties pan out. See, because the reason why I say that is because we all love Chauncey Gardner, but we love Chauncey in his spot in the slot or even in the box, you know, or blitzing the quarterback. He's good at all, all that stuff. Don't want to take him out of that position and put him into some, uh, uh, what you call uh pass defense, uh, deep, deep freaking some deep cover route or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, if you can play the part, great, but I don't know. Maybe that's something for, Marcus May or, or um, 
Justin Evans or Turan Matthew. I don't know how they're going to work it out. I, I so. think I think Justin Evans is going to play a huge role in this team. I really do. I mean, Me you're, com- you're coming off you're coming off a season where in an injury, uh, uh, doubters. I mean, if the guy doesn't get hurt, he he start, he makes bank. And I mean, he's going to have something to prove coming back here against his former team twice. Just like Jameis came back against his former team, he's going to have something to prove. I, I, I love Justin. I think that that kid can can be something special this year. I think the defensive backfield. This might be. This arguably is the best defensive backfield this team has ever had. Lattimore and Adebo. Yeah, you didn't even mention Lattimore and Adebo. I mean, it's a Adebo. You know. Hey, man, I agree. And and once again, talk about smart re-signings. You got P.J. Williams back. Yeah. I love it. I love that yeah. move. And I think Bradley Roby's a damn solid corner that would be starting anywhere else, man. And then it's interesting drafting this Alante Taylor kid. It's very interesting. Yeah, it second round is a little high for that. Agreed, but it makes me wonder. I mean, nothing's been said, but it's just like. They know something we don't. Like, are they going to. Are they going to hustle Adebo over to safety? I hope not. Such a good perimeter corner, and his hips are so smooth with it. I don't know. Maybe they see all the traits to shift him over there because, I mean, right now, I mean, just looking at the depth chart right in front of me here, this Alante Taylor would have to outplay Bradley Roby, P.J. Williams, any of them to get playing time. So, yeah, it's a weird draft pick in a weird way unless they're moving one of them guys which i hope they're not but we'll see you know that's a lot of great players on tape and speaking of great positioning the defensive ends man cambridge marcus Peyton turner is gonna be good tano and carl Anderson, and look out we got taco charlton but honestly um, that's a lot of first-round talent on the D-line yep. right there. And, you know, you talk about a guy like Taco who come in and play some role minutes. To have a guy like Cam Jordan to mentor him into something that he hasn't probably had, I think that could be like one of the unsung signings when you're talking at the end of the year. I brought this up a month or so ago. Um, you know, people are like, why are we signing a guy like – I mean, Taco Charlton, a former first-round draft pick – that never really had the leadership that he needed. Cam Jordan's going to get this kid ready to play. Hey, man, I hope you're right. And and looking at the defensive tackle, I kind of like this Contavious Street. I yeah. think he's got a lot of potential. And Jaleel Johnson, former Texan, he might be all right, man. He might be all right. He's a good run stuffer. Uh, have you watched any tape on this DT Jordan Jackson we drafted? I have, actually. Um, I, I'm not... Uh, you know, you talk about a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round. I can't remember if it's fifth or sixth round. Uh, but you, you're talking about a guy who's completely raw, and I think he's probably more of a practice squad-type uh, talent for this year because I think the Saints have enough depth there where they won't need him to play. Um, the other Jackson, the lineback from Appalachian State, I think that kid could come in, step in. That is like, to me, that is a steal where they got him. I think he could come in and play right away. I'm not DeMarco sure. DeMarco Jackson. Yeah, DeMarco Jackson. I think he'd come in and start right away. I'm not maybe not start. I think he'd come in and, and contribute right away, is what I'm saying. 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be a special teamer, but but you would you? Okay, let me ask you this: like, if he was up to speed, would you put him next to Demario? I don't think yet, uh, but I think he may end up playing his way to where you know you get one or two guys that come out of nowhere. I mean, not that he's going to come out of nowhere because he, he was drafted, but you get one or two guys that you don't expect to be significant factors every year. I think he could be one of those guys. Whereas by the end of the year, he's seeing significant minutes. Kind of like Pete Werner. We didn't expect all that much out of Pete Werner, and he ended up being a significant factor in the Saints defense. I think that could be DeMarco Jackson this year. I think he could, by the end of the season, maybe even be a starter. If not, certainly uh, coming in there and playing significant snaps, 20 to 25 snaps a game. How are you feeling about the old line? Worries me. There's no depth there. It does. Me too. I, Trevor Penning's not going to – he probably won't even start, man. No, I think he's going to have to. I think he's going to have to start at left tackle. And um, but what You don't think they're going to start Hurst? I think it's going to depend on what they see in the next couple months. I think you want to have that position settled at least by the first or second week of training camp. Um, I think we'll know by the first preseason game. I think you'll see how they plan on working. But everything I hear about Trevor Penning, man, this man, this dude is like made to be an NFL left tackle. He's mean. He's dirty. He's feisty. He's got everything that you need. I know he's from a school that people don't know in Northern Iowa, but so was Kurt Warner. I mean, uh, this this kid could, I think he could be an anchor there. What scares me, though, is you talk about the Andrus Peets of the world who – continuously gets hurt. Um, you know, Ram checked. It worries me, although he never got hurt really before last year. To me, once an alignment gets that first little, little Nick, you start seeing things like that. So to me, it's important to have, to me, offensive line, you have to have depth more than any other position. And I'm just not so sure that the saints have that right now. I agree, man. I agree. Uh, you know, yeah. You talk yeah, about Rock Morton, who played, who who was a nice backup last year. You talk about Hurst. So there is some. I just don't know that there's enough. And I think that's something that may work itself out before the before the uh, before camp starts. We'll see. I got to think that's where they're gonna. They still have a little room under the cap. We'll see see what they work there. But you know, you talk about the offensive line. And how important is it going to be? I saw a thing on Twitter yesterday. Chris Sims came out with his quarterback projections. And he's got Jameis Winston as the 26th best quarterback in the NFL. And I I hope that Jameis Winston takes this and puts this up in his locker. Because to me, if he's healthy, and I think he's going to be, there's no way that he's that low. There's no way he's worse than an average. He's just above Marcus Mariota. To me... Jameis Winston is head and shoulders light years above Marcus Mariota, who's basically been Agreed. on the bench. I mean, he's better than the 26th best quarterback in the NFL. I agree. I agree. And now he'll have some targets to throw to. You know, I, exactly. I the hell out of him. And like I say, Alave and all of them guys are also going to command attention. It's going to open up a lot underneath, going to open up a lot of. Uh, for unsuspecting guys, man, like I say, tight end needs to work itself out. So, you know, who's you know, going to be a fan? Who? 
You not a Troutman for Adam Troutman fan? Not right now. Not okay. a big fan. I, I hope, though. I'm hoping He made for some him. drops last year that, that do worry me, but I think he's going to have a comeback. Taysom Hill, I mean, you, you, what do you think of him in the tight end role? Obviously, it's going to be a hybrid because I think there's going to be times when he plays running back. Yeah, and he uh, – oh, yeah, I would. I'd play him as a back. Uh, uh, I think, you know, obviously he, he is a hybrid because he's a lot smaller, but I think he's money. You know, his hands are great. Yards after the catch, and he, he runs hard. So I love that. So I think he can thrive there. I just hope – once again, you talk about injuries. He is a little bit smaller. Uh, maybe be smart with his routes. I don't know if I send him right over the middle. Where, you know, Coach Payton probably would. Right. You know, he's, he might hit. So, I don't know. Let's see. Let's hope that he's durable and he can step up. But I'll be honest, man. With the, the tight ends, the guys that I mentioned earlier that have flashed – and have contributed is Juwan Johnson. Yes. But he disappears. He'll catch a couple balls and disappear. For sure. And then but that could be game planning too. So I don't know. And but Nick Vanette, big big Vanette, man, he caught some key passes here and there. I I don't know. And I, I guess I'm hearing stuff out of camp about this Lucas Kroll kid. He's got a great name. I hope Kroll and Smoke Monday make the team. Just on their names alone, but yeah, you can never go wrong with a guy named Smoke. Oh hell no! He's a safety. He's a DB. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Uh, before I let you go, um, a first thing I, I want to talk about boxing for a second, but I want to get your prediction. Do you think the Saints win more than eight games this year? On paper, absolutely yes. Now, once again, and our on per and. Health providing, yes. This team, yes, absolutely. All right, you're on record, and I'm for. I'll go on record. I've been on record saying that I think that in the betting world, one of the best values you're gonna get is Saints uh, at plus eight at Caesars right now. You got it now. They they've sparked up the juice, so you get about 130 dollars to win 100. But I still think it's a great bargain. I also think the Saints to win the NFC at 20 to one is a great bargain. To win the Super Bowl, 50 to 1, I think it's a value. I think it's a value. Go out there and uh, and, and put some money on it. All right. Phil, let me know what you uh, – you know, I'm not huge into the boxing world. I used to be – I used to know a lot more than I know now. But for people that don't know, uh, you you even – you're a contributing writer for boxing magazines. Um, you are deeply into the boxing world. It's your second passion behind the Saints from what I see, what I know. What's going on in the boxing world? What can we do to make boxing back to what it was back in its heyday? And at least in our lifetimes when we were kids, I mean, growing up in the 70s and into the 80s, I mean, boxing was up there with any other sport. Where, what happened to it? Well, I, there's so many answers to this question, but like right now, it's all about making the fighters fight the fights. There's so many undefeated prospects out there with glossy records. And, you know, it's it takes forever for one undefeated guy to finally meet another undefeated guy because of different promoters working with different streaming services and outlets. All of it is bureaucracy. 
that will hold up the game. And I will say another one was, how does it go? It says, as the heavyweights go, so does boxing. Yeah. I think the heavyweight division no longer belonged to the Americans solely. And the Klitschko brothers were selling out stadiums of 60,000 people. I was in one of those stadiums one time. I saw Vladimir defend and actually unify the titles in at Velton's Arena in Germany. Uh, when that was no longer an American thing and there was no American that was going to beat one of these guys, uh, a whole lot of interest fell out, uh, you know? How much is Ultimate Fighting kind of played a part in eating a chunk of of boxing enthusiasts? I don't know. I, I don't follow the UFC. So it, it doesn't really dent into my stuff. And really, and admittedly, aside from a few of the big fights uh, in boxing at all weights, I'm really interested in the heavyweights. So that's my forte right there. So. I mean, the UFC, I've seen a few good, really good UFC fights, man, yeah. but uh, it just doesn't interest me completely as the science of boxing, which I've studied since I was a kid. And it, it's just, it, for me, it, it does the trick. It's, it's, it's the skill set that I like. But do you think that it's eaten into some of the popularity from, from people you know, like us growing up, they didn't have anything like that. I mean, it, it, they had fake wrestling and they had real boxing to me, which was pure fighting. I mean, you know, yeah. and now, do you think that maybe some of the younger kids don't uh, necessarily, uh, the younger crowd doesn't necessarily get boxing and the the strategy of it and it's, it's not as much action, I guess, and not as brutal, I guess, to some, to some regard. It's almost like, I don't know. you know, depends I don't know. It depends on what, depends on what fight, fight you're watching. I mean, I mean, this gets into uh, the territory where, you know, a lot of common sense will say, well, yeah, Jim, now that there is UFC, kids do have an option as to what to watch. And sure, I'm sure there's a, a bunch of them that might have, you know, prefer UFC. And that's just how it is. Right. At the end of the day, when we're talking skill sets and, you know, excitement and whatnot, there ain't a UFC fighter alive that would touch Tyson Fury. I agree. I mean, Fury off the I agree with that. I don't I know that. Wouldn't be close. So, you know, I, I guess uh, they're talking about making Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury, some kind of exhibition. Nobody wants to see it. You know, everybody wants to see Fury fight the winner of the Usyk Anthony Joshua rematch. And here, you ready for this? I say Fury's the best heavyweight on the planet because he's six nine in between two seventy and two. He's a Von Drago. He's insane. <laughs> he's without the build. He's yeah. He's got the boxer brawler body. But I think somewhere inside of him, I don't think he wants to even have to get close to facing Alexander Usyk. Something about him. Usyk, he's a different breed. If you watch Usyk, man, 
His confidence pool is ridiculous. And he's just so, he's so damn good. And they based in the Ukraine, you know, Usyk, well, if there's two, Muhammad, if, the Muhammad Ali of Ukraine. And when that dude fights, like, especially right now, he'll fight with the whole weight of the Ukraine on his back, and it'll make him 50 times better. There's nothing. I don't know. I don't see anybody beating Alexander Usyk. If those two fight, I'm coming to your house, and we're going to watch it together. That's the fight, man. That's right. the fight. If it happens, I'm coming over. All right, before I let you go, Philip Anselmo, tell tell us what you're uh, what you're up to uh, coming up. What you got? Any? I know you got a tour in Europe coming up next month. Um, do you have anything here in the states anytime soon? Not that I know of. Okay, I know right you just had something last week, right? Till, I mean, I think throughout the rest of the year, everything is international. So. Hopefully next year we get back to, you know, jamming some in the States. But uh, also hopefully by that time, the Saints will have two Super Bowl trophies. That would be nice and sweet, and we can have you on. And uh, it's it's going to be an exciting year. Philip H. Anselmo, formerly of Pantera, of currently of Down, currently of Philip H. Anselmo and the Illegals. And more importantly the brother of my beautiful wife, Drea. Phil, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure uh, talking to you. And tell my sister, I want some red gravy. Mama. You got it. It's coming up soon. Talk to you later. All right. Red gravy. I can go for some red gravy. Who can't go for red gravy? If you live in New Orleans, you know what we're talking about. This, this isn't some... That's what we call it down here. We call it red gravy. You can call it spaghetti and sauce. You might have the meatballs in there. You might have the Italian sausage. Whatever. It's red gravy. For a while, we were doing it every Sunday. And, uh, you know, my wife likes to joke. She says, I married her for our meatballs. Uh, look, I'm not going to say that it's completely not true. I mean, she married me because I can grab stuff on the top shelf. You know, I could put the star in the Christmas tree. Looky what he can do. So it works both ways. But glad to have Phil on this morning. And, um, you know, I, I always want to get the the take of a fan. We've had some fans on um, throughout the, the way here and there. But it's mostly experts. And, you know, the experts, you know, they just talk like experts. Boring sometimes. So let's liven it up. That's what we did today. We're going to close out the show with uh, the intro to our weekly podcast, as it is weekly right now. In a couple months, we'll go back to being twice a week. And then during football season, it'll be three times a week like it was this past football season. And we're looking forward to that because that's going to be here before we know it. Jameis Winston on the practice field. Excited about that. Michael Thomas not on the practice field. Not excited about that. But it's OTAs. You can't read too much into anything, really, this time of year. And um, we'll know more as we go forward. Mandatory minicamp coming up. I think it's coming up June 14th, if I'm right. I think that's when it's coming up. Right now, it's all voluntary stuff. So we'll so we'll know more in a few weeks. And uh, we'll sure, certainly be getting in all that before I go on to vacation at the end of June and into early July. Also looking forward to that. 
once again, um, you know, uh, as we go out on this Friday afternoon and go into our extended weekend, a holiday weekend, it's Memorial Day. And, um, you know, Memorial Day is a time where we salute our service people who have uh, died in the line of duty. And, um, you know, I, I thank my... You know, my father was a Vietnam vet. He is very much alive, almost 80 years old. And, um, you know, I I know it's for people passed on, but, um, you know, you can't help but think about all of our vets and all of our policemen and firefighters and all the people that serve us every day because, you know, when you see a tragedy like that happened in Texas, um, it brings things home. And so... Thank them. Give them a hug. And every Friday, I, or every show, actually, I, I leave you with peace and love, my friends. And I think about that every time I say it. It means something. And um, I, that's what we need more of in this world, whether we get it or not. Um, it's, it's a troubling time. It's maybe the most troubling time in, in my 53 years of existence, almost 54 now. Um, and... Uh, I mean it when I say it, and I think about it when I say it. I joke when I talk about hug the ones you love and the ones you don't, all that stuff. And but I, but I truly am sincere when I say it, and I mean it as much now as I've ever meant it. And I'll leave you with it once again. We'll see you next Friday for episode number seventy-five of the Datitude Podcast. Peace and love, my friends. <laughs>